Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to one of the 10 best English-language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome to Viola Station. Welcome back to Viola Station, everyone. We're recording this in the uh, smoldering embers of Fiorentina's defeat at Roma today. And maybe we're going to get into a little bit of that, but we're going to talk a lot more general tactics stuff here and uh to help us through that we are really lucky to have one of the brightest tactical minds uh in Serie A Twitter uh Marco Lai how are you doing man so good to have you on hey Tito thanks for having me and you're just too kind I'm not that good <laughs> <laughs> you are also one of the most modest minds on uh on Serie A Twitter <laughs> but uh yeah just uh just it get know a little bit about you I, I know that you're a mm -hmm. certified match analyst and you've worked for yep. uh for a number of clubs and outlets in Italy. Uh, how, how did you get into that? I'm just really well, curious. Actually, I've, uh, I've just started doing tactical analysis like uh, during the Euros, you know, um, only uh, analyzing Italy games with a couple of colleagues slash friends of mine. And then I just kept doing it. Uh, I got my certificate like three months ago. So it's actually a very fresh thing. Uh, so I was like, nobody to do tactical analysis before <laughs> now i'm someone but actually i'm just still nobody <laughs> and i don't know i just i just find my way you know um i didn't know what to do like a couple of months ago i was like in between um writing about football and doing tactical analysis and now let's see what the future reserves me i hope to get like a chance in a football team but i don't know <laughs> well here, i mean for very selfish reasons, I hope you don't, because I imagine you wouldn't be able to post Thanks. as many uh, threads and update your Substack as often, which would be disappointing for me. But yeah, <laughs> I really hope you do get that. But yeah, man, since since you do have that certificate, you're the expert here. Uh, just a couple of things to talk about with Fiorentina specifically right now. Uh, and the first thing, I think especially uh, after this Roma game where Dodo got sent off for two yellow card fouls in the first 24 minutes both probably fouls first one maybe a little soft we can argue that but definitely deserve mm -hmm. to be sent off i think uh yep. so the the first thing i want to bring up with you is uh fiorentina they play a very high defensive line usually and they really have to man mark at the back and in midfield so 
as a result, right, if if someone loses their man, there's a lot of free space and the defenders are put under a lot of pressure. Uh, do you think there's a better way to organize that for a high pressing team? Well, um, it's always hard to talk about what's better or what's worst in football. Um, I think that Fiorentina's approach, it's quite, uh, you know, brave in a way. Uh, last season, Fiorentina was one of the best teams, I, I think, in Europe to to watch. And this season, they're kind of trying the same approach, but they're not getting the same results. And that's, I don't like, there are many reasons because of uh, for that, but uh, some of it has to do with uh, individual performances. I think, as you said, defenders are quite exposed in, a, in a, an approach like that, and they're not performing in the best way. Um, so, I don't know. I think that it all has to do with what the, uh, the players do in front, because defense is not just about the defenders. It's all about the, the complex structure of a team. And I think that one of the main problems of Fiorentina this season is that they're not as, uh, I don't know how to say, the cohesion is not perfect. There's too much space between each line. So the other teams actually are more dangerous than they should in the counterattack. For example, uh, last season, is not it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. Uh, also, like looking at numbers, I like to look at numbers too. Uh, Fiorentina is actually uh, conceding less expected goals, so they're defending better, but the chance that they are conceding are actually uh, more dangerous, you know? So there are several factors to concede, to to, to think about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that Amrabat is doing a great job, but he's basically like the only man. <laughs> yeah, very much, yeah. So I, I think that's a great point that that criticizing the defense or the midfield doesn't really make sense because they're all part of a larger team, especially in a team that does press so much. I think Fiorentina are leading the, on understat at least, I think they're first or second yeah, in Serie PPDA. A in PPDA. So they're, yeah, exactly. Man, I don't know why I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> so they're, they're clearly working really hard without the ball, and that does start at the front. I think maybe having someone like Luka Jovic up there, who's frequently not very active without the ball, probably doesn't help do you do you think that replacing him with Christian Kwame or Arthur Cabral once he's healthy would that do you think that would really fix a lot of things further back as well mm. to be honest I think that Jovic is the worst one uh I mean in that kind of uh approach uh he's more like a poacher you know he's not really good in the build-up either uh probably I'd pick Arthur over him though I know he's kind of injured right now like a month or two yeah. So probably I would pick Kwame over him because Kwame is actually very, you know, active in uh, impressing. So yeah, that's that's a great point to be honest. Uh, if your striker is not really really good at pressing and your entire tactical approach uh, is built around pressing high, you know that that's not going to be easy for the rest of the the team. Now that that's I mean, do you think that I mean with. Arthur hurt right now, Jovic sort of has to play at least somewhat. Do you think that maybe pressing less and sitting a little bit deeper to help to help offset Jovic's lack of work rate would help? Or do you think that would just have too many negative effects for the rest of the team, for the way that they play, for mm -hmm. Italiano's entire philosophy? Mm, well, this is, you know, like an interesting discussion because I really like Italiano's approach. Um, I do think that is 
I know, I know to say it a bit dogmatic, maybe. He's not really uh, into changing approach. Uh, I do like when team, when the managers try to be a little more versatile, you know, trying to change according to the uh, the characteristics of the the opponent, the weaknesses, their strengths. Uh, and I, but I do think that if you're trying to change all everything, the whole approach. That's going to be hard for the team, especially if I think about uh, Igor. I don't know; it's like the first, the first main that can top to mind. Uh, Igor, in my opinion, is a good player. Uh, he's good with the ball. He's good at pressing high. But if you try to sit deeper and play, you know, like more defensively in a way, yeah, he's going to struggle a lot. And I think that you could probably say that for uh, others players too. So I don't know, maybe. Try try to be a bit less aggressive, uh, but not changing entirely. So so really, just looking for different pressing triggers and waiting waiting yeah. for a little longer to spring them. You think might might yeah. help a lot. I mean, yeah, I... sure. There are yeah, sure. There are very different ways to press. You know, Fiorentina is probably, as we said, uh, statistics wise, the most uh, high pressing team in the league, and you could just. Try to press high, but not that high, not that in intensely. I mean, uh, usually Fiorentina tries to uh, mark the the opponent fullback with your fullback, and that's very brave in a way, but also very risky. So you could try to change something and have the you know like the winger go go there. So you know maybe you have a little more balance, and that's something you could try to do. That try to do. Sorry. Yeah, and I, I feel like we have seen some of that. Italiano has tried a few times to do that very modern lopsided approach where one fullback, usually uh, Cristiano Baraghi, which is strange because he's such a crosser of the ball, that he sits a little bit deeper in build-up and then overlaps much later while Dodo presses higher up. And so I, I feel like he's trying things like that. But, I mean, as again, as we just saw with Dodo pressing higher up on Zalewski, one-on-one uh, -on -one. that doesn't always work out very well uh, for Fiorentina I would say but yeah I, I think that's really uh, really my question there so with the striker though do you think that there's any of the any of the strikers you've seen linked to Fiorentina in the in the rumors in the transfer rumors do you think any uh, of them are a good fit can you tell me a some names i don't know i don't know any of them actually i think that andrea belotti has been probably the biggest one hmm. yeah uh, well that that face makes yeah, me think like you're belotti. interested yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh i think belotti is a little bit underappreciated uh he's not doing great at rome because he's not playing literally uh but i think that he's a great pressing attacker striker he's really good at that he's big he can uh, you know, like play as the sole striker, and he's also better technically as people think. He's a good assist man, or at least he become he became one. So yeah, I think Belotti would be like the perfect striker for Italiano. So just get Belotti, let him score once, and then you're good to go. I really hope that uh, Daniele Prade and Joe Barone are listening to us right now because that would be fantastic. I I agree with you. I would I would love to see them make a move for Belotti, especially since. He'd probably be available for a very cheap loan right now, just looking at the finances. Uh, but yep. like you said, get, getting him that one goal, we've seen Fiorentina strikers this year not really doing a whole lot. My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a very understated. Uh, yeah. Um, 
And I, I think a lot of that has been uh, Fiorentina's approach is so much playing up the wings and crossing. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they've been unable to really build anything through the middle, I think. Uh, and I, I'm very interested in asking, now that Italiano has tilted his midfield triangle from a, a holder and then to Mezzale to more of a double pivot and a number 10, do you think that the number 10 needs to contribute more in the buildup? Do you think that would help them build through the middle more instead of pushing everything out wide? Well, I think that pushing everything out wide is more like a side effect. Uh, I'm sure Italiano doesn't want that. Uh, you know, in a way, it's it's helpful, especially because Fiorentina always try to, you know, you know better than me, uh, build up with uh, at least one of the fullbacks tucked in. So you have uh, a free um, open the passing lane to the to the winger for a one against one. But yeah, I don't think Italiano wants to play so much on the wings. Uh, I'm sure he wants his team to attack through the half spaces. And yeah, honestly, I'm not sure what Fiorentina should do in, in order to, uh, you know, have better chances. I think Fiorentina actually plays quite well uh, until uh, they get to the final third. And that's where problem be- problems begin. And I'm not, I'm not sure Italiano has anything to do uh, with that because when you get to the final third, you need players. You need players to take the right um, the right uh, chances, uh, right choices. And that that's what Guardiola says, you know. So if Guardiola says it, it must be true. <laughs> uh, but I think that one of the problems in the final third is that Fiorentina is a little bit too uh, static easy to read for the opponents and probably one of the problems is that Fiorentina really doesn't have a I don't know creative midfielder Bonaventura kind of is uh, but not really is in my opinion is better when he has the um, the freedom to invade the opponent's box but if he has to do like the number 10 job he can do that but he's not the best so probably you need something there because I don't know, like when Malay used to play, Malay is good at evading, but you know, like no technical abilities. Uh, when you play with Amrabat and Duncan, they're really good, like really physical, good at duels, but he, they're not that great technically. And I know Duncan because Duncan played for Cagliari, so I know Duncan quite well. <laughs> so yeah, I think that what you need is players there. Uh, the manager actually. Um, is not is not accountable for that part of the game, in my opinion. You need players to take the right choices. And do you think that having Gaetano Castrovilli is going to help that? Do you think that he can become that creative mm-hmm. passer? Or is he? Do you see him as more of a dribbler and a, another yeah. driver from that middle third into the final third? Yeah, I don't think it's the best one. I'm not a great fan of Castrovilli's decision making. Uh, I don't think he's like. That's smart of a player, if you know what I mean. He's a great carrier, great dribbler. But apart from that, no, he's like a perfect mezzala. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fully sold. <laughs> oh, that that's fair. I think that's. I think you're not the only one. Uh, and then Anthony Barak, <laughs> yeah, too, pro. very creative player, yeah. but seems like he's very peripheral a lot of the time, not very involved, and frequently yeah. likes to yeah. drift wide. I'm I'm wondering too. Because uh, the number 10 seems like is, like you said, frequently floating into the half spaces to create and try to interchange with mm-hmm. the wingers and then find that third run from the fullback or from the striker, the winger free. Mm-hmm. 
and then there's just no presence in the middle. I mean, do you, do you yep. think that there's a, do you think that maybe finding more of a box to box player that instead of Amrabat and Duncan, who both like to sit a little bit deeper to really make those runs into the top of the box late, do you think that would help? Or maybe dropping Bonaventura a little further back? We've seen Italiano experiment with that over the past few weeks too. Well, in my opinion, it's not really a matter of playing the creative player deeper. I think, as I said before, Fiorentina actually is good when they play like in the first 70 meters uh, of the of the pitch. The problem is the final third. So you have to uh, put the creative players in the final third of the of the pitch. So yeah, I'm not a great fan of the Amrabat Duncan duo for the reason I explained earlier. Uh, so probably you. You only need a, a more creative midfielder. I don't know. I don't have any names right now. Maybe from big teams that players that are not playing that much. But yeah, I think that what you need is a, a player that has the right decision making, the who can make that final pass. You know. So I don't know. I think that you you need to find someone on the on the market because I don't see any player right now in the roster that can fill that role. Oh, that's that's fair. I think that's a probably a pretty good read on the situation. I'm I'm with you all the way, actually. But if if we're talking about a uh, good decision making, I think the other thing about Fiorentina's attack that's really stood out to me is that when uh, play does get forced out wide, it seems like Italiano's secondary attacking tactic is to just rely on his wingers to win a one v one battle uh, quite a lot. And with Jonathan Icone, obviously he can win those one on one battles. But then I have this theory that every step he gets closer to the goal, his brain takes a step further away from the goal. And it, it's talking it's, about decision making. Yeah. <laughs> it just, the closer he gets, the worse he is. And I, he'd yeah. be the world's, I, I'd, he'd be the world's greatest fullback at progressing the ball. But oh, yep. he's just a mess when he gets into the final third. Do you think, I mean, do you think that maybe having Nico Gonzalez back or Ricardo Sotil, guys who can be a little more decisive, would that, help fix some of the problems with the Ted not being creative? Well, I was just about to uh, to talk about Nico Gonzalez. I think that it was a huge absence during the season because he might be the best player of Fiorentina, maybe along with Amrabat. Um, I think that also Argentina needed Nico Gonzalez, but, you know, they won anyway, so no, no worries about it. Uh, yeah, I think that Nico Gonzalez is without any doubt, the best Fiorentina player off-ball. You know, we were talking earlier about that, uh, the need for that creative player who makes that right decision, but you also need the player that makes that run to receive that pass. And I think you don't have any players uh, apart from Nico Gonzalez to do that. Also, Sotil, that I know very well because he played in Cagliari too. Um, he's a great <laughs> dribbler, great one-on-one player, really physical, really, really fast. But decision-making... And not the best. And you know, so probably Nico Gonzalez is what you need. I don't know if he's going to is going to Leicester or not. I read the news, but I've seen that he played. He subbed in. So I hope Nico Gonzalez stays because if Nico Gonzalez is uh is healthy, that's that's a huge uh huge asset, you know. Uh also mentally he's a I don't know, like a um I don't know how to say it, a sound player tech, uh, mentally. So yeah, you need Nico Gonzalez in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the fact that he uh, scored that winner of 
that winning penalty against Sassuolo in stoppage time after coming on yeah. as a sub right after he missed a, a very easy header too shows exactly how strong he is mentally. And yeah, I mean, hopefully he does stick around. We've heard all kinds of reports about Lester taking him or not taking him. Who knows? Uh, do, do you think that trying to play him as the 10 would help? I mean, at least it would give those deeper mm-hmm. midfielders or Jack Bonaventura, someone else, another runner to find in behind. Uh, well, I don't think so. Uh, in my opinion, he has to be the receiver, the end receiver of the play, not the one that makes the play. The, the play. So yeah, I, I don't like him there. I think that his best position for him is on the wing, but you know, like tucking in uh, from the wing. Yeah, that, that's the, the best position for him. Yeah, that, all right. That makes a lot of sense. So definitely finding a, a more active striker and a more creative number 10 are the two the two priorities the right same. now. <laughs> yeah, right. And <laughs> it's so simple. And no one, there's no other team in the world looking for those two things, right? So it'll be very easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you the, just uh, need uh, Odegaard, you know, uh, you know, I've seen Arsenal today. So Discord, you need uh, a Martin Odegaard there. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's very easy to find. Yeah, I'm sure Fiorentina can buy him from Arsenal. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and I think the, the last thing that we've seen a lot of questions about, I think, uh, in, in our website's comments from fans is uh, the inverted wingers. So it, I think mm-hmm. it does funnel a lot of things further in a lot of the time. Do you think that maybe having the wingers play on their quote-unquote natural sides, so left-footed on the left, right-footed on the right, would stretch play more and pull defenses wider and make more spaces for someone like uh, Bonaventura to attack? Well, uh, personally, I do like a, you know, asymmetrical approach, uh, you know, with one winger staying wide and one winger coming inside. And I think that maybe Saponara is a good player uh, uh, from that point of view. Uh, is creative enough. He knows how to deliver that final pass. You also, you know, Maybe you can find what you're looking for in Saponara on the left. Uh, maybe Saponara and Nico Gonzalez is not a bad um, a bad couple and a bad pair, but probably you lack some one-on-one because it's not their best uh, their best skill. I mean, I mean, some Saponara always moves inside. You know, he never tries to go for the one-on-one on the uh, on the wing. So I don't know. You have. Fiorentina has many different uh, archetypes of wingers. And it's actually hard to find the, the right pair. But maybe Saponara can do that the job, you know. But I don't know. It's not easy. It's not an easy job for Italiano. Uh, would, would you consider playing Saponara as the 10? I know he doesn't do the defensive work as much, but do you think that he has the creativity to run the attack from the middle? No, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's actually quite easy, in my opinion, to uh, cover for the the lack of pressing from a number ten, especially if you have Amrabat behind him who can like mark three men at a time. So <laughs> it might be an option. It might be an option. It's not a bad idea. Fair, fair. All right, and then uh, I think the last thing I really was curious about was uh Fiorentina's mentality, and we've as. I'm sure you're aware uh, Fiorentina fans are always wondering about the team's mentality or they, do they have the grinta enough? I mean, in a post uh, Beppe Iacchini world, uh, is there enough grinta, right? Um, and I, I think the two things that 
people are really talking about when they bring that up are how often Fiorentina concede late goals, which we saw today against Roma, and then how often they concede right after they score, which we've seen against Monza and Sassuolo uh, in the in the past couple of weeks. Do, do you think that's, is that a tactical thing at all? Or is there anything a manager can do there? Or is that just on the players more than anything? Hmm. To be honest, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe the thing that opponents score right after Fiorentina scores might be tactical in a way because you're not uh, well-shaped in that moment uh, because it's not really uh, an open play. So maybe you really don't know uh, who you have to mark in that situation, but I'm not sure, honestly. While for the late goals, probably that's to... Um, the problem is the fact that Fiorentina presses so high uh, it's so intense and you know sometime players are just going to be tired from all that running so i think that's just the problem you know in fact i think that you need to uh close games earlier <laughs> so then you could just you know like uh not be that tired at least you can be tired but you don't know like uh, two goals uh up so it's not a problem to be that tired <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, scoring more goals earlier would definitely help that quite a bit. Uh, but it, it's a bit of a problem scoring for Fiorentina. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, oh boy, that's and it has been for a long time too. I think. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think so. So you really do think it's just a matter of like it's it's such a strange game state from from a kickoff basically uh, after after Fiorentina score the other team takes a kickoff and it's just such a, an odd situation in the build up no one's quite sure where to get sorted to where they should be yeah it's it's the only thing that comes to mind honestly but i'm not sure uh actually i didn't know that uh i knew about late goals but i didn't really uh, notice about the uh, this this conceding a goal just after the scoring one so I don't know. Really, nothing comes to my mind, honestly. Just the the shape thing, but I don't know. I'm not sold on it either, so I don't. Know. <laughs> no, that's that's. I mean, I have absolutely no idea either. So I think you're uh, you're right on. I think you're right on the money there. Uh, and then I guess the last thing uh, is set pieces. I think Fiorentina in the past have been really good at set pieces. I mean, having a uh, Johnny Viola for a few years. Uh, under Cesare Prandelli the first time around, I think we got a little bit spoiled. But even after that, uh, they've been really good from set pieces. And this year, I think they've scored uh, two goals all year from set pieces in, in all competitions, which seems very strange when you've got uh, Nikola Milenkovic and Christian Kwame, who's an incredible leaper, and Arthur Cabral, who's big, Luka Jovic is big, Nico Gonzalez is good in the air. Is, there, is that just a a matter of designing better set pieces or is there something else do you think it might it might be a matter of uh not being lucky enough you know because i was looking at stats before earlier and i've seen that actually Fiorentina is creating way more expected goal from set pieces than last year uh probably yeah, it has to do with the fact that you know like if you make 300 crosses per game you actually are going to have many corners and many uh, chances, but <laughs> I, I I think it's just a matter of luck, to be honest. You also have Biragi, who's a great crosser. Uh, you know, from time to time, he's good. He's good at crossing, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just that. But honestly, I think that set pieces are not um, 
uh, you know, like worked enough. People do not work enough on that. Uh, just, just the thing. I was thinking about that uh, in my during the course for my certificate. We had uh, as guest Andrea Zoli. Uh, you know, already Andrea Zoli, and he was the first to say that they he doesn't actually uh, work enough on set pieces, and I think that's that's quite common, honestly. Uh, so yeah, maybe just you know have uh, a Johnny Vio per team. Might might help if you're in Tina too. <laughs> I mean, what uh, what's that statistic that they bring out every every major tournament during the Euros and the World Cup that something like forty percent of goals are scored from set piece situations? So teams should spend forty percent of their attacking training on set pieces. I don't uh, remember the precise number, but it's actually very important. Set pieces are so important. Uh, so yeah, I don't know why. I probably it's just. <laughs> I don't. I find them boring. I'm the first one that actually doesn't <laughs> cover set pieces like ever. I'm not really good at understanding set pieces, so I don't know. Maybe just a, a matter of of being not fun enough. I don't know. <laughs> so, so the secret is making set pieces more fun. Yeah, precisely. All we right. got I, it. <laughs> no, I loved it. All right, I want. I want so many more training ground dummies, fake wall. Oh, that would be so good. I would love that. All right. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything we have. I think you actually answered all of my questions that that I could think up there. So, that's Marco, nice. thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been really cool. It's been really cool to hear your opinions, and I feel like I've got a lot more to think about uh, watching Fiorentina now. Yeah, it's so much fun. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, everyone, uh, follow Marco. He's on Twitter, at uh, MarcoLi underscore 23. You should also subscribe to his Substack, which I've found to be actually really good really thoughtful uh pieces about coaching and about culture and just the, the game itself uh it's the i think it's the same same name on substack right marco lie no it's uh, uh you can find it as bold don't lie but lie is written as my surname lai <laughs> perfect ah there it is thank you <laughs> yeah so definitely check those out and marco thanks again and take care thank you bye bye Thanks for listening to Viola Station, the podcast from Viola Nation. Viola Nation is a website in the SB Nation network. You can find us at violanation.com or on Twitter at viola underscore nation. Huge thanks to Windchime Weather for the music and to producer Mike for producing. Feel free to rate and review us on whatever service you're listening on and Forza Viola. Podcast Network.